You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One. Welcome along to the Cut to the Chase podcast uh, by the Formula... No, just you know how many times I've said this? Two. Welcome along to the Cut to the Race podcast. It is... Oh, out. Right. Come on. Three. Welcome along to the Cut to the Race... Four. Welcome along to the... <laughs> Does anyone else want to introduce it this week? It's lights out and away we go! Welcome along to the Cut to the Race podcast by the Formula Nerds. We are here this week with our panel. We have Callum with us. Hello, everyone. We have Johnny. Hi, everyone. Thank you for coming back. And we have Emma. She returns. Hello. I hear you've all missed me. (laughs) Oh, we did. Now, first of all, I just want to say thank you for all of the great podcast feedback that we've had. It's really, really good to hear what you guys think. Um, so far, we've had really nice ratings from you guys. Um, so if you like the podcast, leave a review. If you don't like it, don't leave a review. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But please, it helps us out. It gets us up those charts and uh, gets us to uh, share with more people. So we had some feedback, actually, from one of our listeners that the episode we did with Callum having not um, seen the race um, went down really well. So this week, someone hasn't seen the race. Yeah, I've not seen it. No, I've been on mummy duties all day today. (laughs) So Emma has not seen the race today. Um, So essentially what we're going to have to do is talk her through it. But like we did last time, I think it's only right that she guesses the podium. And if she gets it right, Matt gets a tattoo. Hey, this is, this is the agreement. This is the going thing now. <laughs> okay, so um, Emma, you've got three guesses. Now, just for the listeners, let's just confirm. Do you know anything about the race today? No, absolutely nothing. Does that frustrate you at all? It really, really does. But I think it would frustrate me even more if my husband was in the house. He's been away all weekend, so he's not seen the race either. But if he knew about it and he was here, he'd be 
poking me with a stick, trying to kind of annoy me about it. So I'm quite glad he isn't here. But at the same time, it's really frustrating me that I don't know anything. I've seen practice, I've seen qualifying, but that is it. Do you think it was possibly the best Russian Grand Prix yet? I'd say it's up there, isn't it? Definitely. Most definitely. Definitely. Normally, the Russian Grand Prix is a bit of a procession. Like, historically, it's not really that exciting. So that is, yeah, that's quite interesting. It was definitely exciting. So, Emma, you've got three chances to guess the podium, if you get them right. Matt has volunteered, because his internet connection cut out, um, to get a tattoo of the Formula Nerds logo on his body. So, all right, go for the first one. Okay, I've gone strategic because I've looked at who's on what tyres. I've looked on what kind of strategy they could possibly take. And so my first guess is this bog standard Hamilton Bottas for Stappen. <laughs> no. No, okay. Okay, okay. It would be wrong for me to give you clues, so just no. <laughs> I'm going to switch up a little bit. I still think Mercedes are definitely on the podium, so I'm going to go Verstappen, Hamilton, Bottas. <laughs> oh. Now, if Emma gets this last one wrong, does Emma get the tattoo? Is that how it works? <laughs> but that was never, <laughs> no, ever discussed, No, because then I should have a tattoo. <laughs> Shut up, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So, Emma, third guess. I'm going to go in, I'm going to go in reverse order. Third place, my main man, Danny Rick. Second place. Oh, oh, oh. Second place, Lewis Hamilton. First place, Valtteri Bottas. Emma, you <laughs> so nearly. You were onto really? something there. Oh, okay. Put me at my misery. Who wants to? Who, who wants to do it? I feel bad doing it. I'll do it. No problem in doing it. <laughs> so, first place, Valtteri Bottas. Oh, at least at least I can have uh, yeah. Okay. Second place, Max Verstappen. Oh. Third place, Lewis Hamilton. Oh. Okay. What sequence of events led to that? I knew that Hamilton wasn't happy on the tires that he was on, but he started on the softer tires and I knew he really wasn't happy about it um because of what happened to qualifying. So I wonder if that's got something to do with it because if you start in the softs that's a disadvantage in itself at Sochi. So, okay, talk me through it. A little something happened prior to race start that influenced this quite, quite a lot. Um, when they do their practice starts, they have a designated area where they are allowed to do these practice starts. And can you take a wild guess who went out of that area, not once, but twice, and therefore got two five-second penalties? What, Hamilton. Oh, yes. Is that why he's... Really? That's not like him. That's really not like him to and do something. And to be fair, he was confirmed by his engineer that he was allowed on the radio to practice his start where he did, but the stewards felt otherwise and gave him two five-second uh, penalties. Before we get into the full um, showdown of what happened today in Russia, which was an amazing race. I'm just going to play you the audio from Valtteri Bottas as he went over the finish line and what he had to say to the haters. Yes! <laughs> yeah! I think, again, it's a nice moment to thank my critics to whom it may concern. You. 
And if you don't already, just check us out on the socials. We're on Facebook, Formula Nerds. Just type it in. We've got loads of memes and funny stuff on our Instagram. Just follow us, Formula Nerds. We're on YouTube where you can follow that normal bloke called Will who does some brilliant little features and F1 informational videos. And of course, we've got our brand new website. Now, we've got loads of stuff going on there at the moment. Johnny, do you want to just tell us a, just a little bit about it? Sure, I can take you around it. We have some news articles written by our very own team, uh, which is posted in a timely manner. We have a full-length article about the whole Haas and rich energy hoodwink. It's a little dated, but it's still an interesting read. And uh, we have Emma's uh, weekly reviews. Thank you, Johnny. So the website is www.formulanerds.com. Get there, put it in your favorite bookmark it, do what you've got to do. That's going to be your source for F1. Right, so getting into the race review. Um, let's just go a little bit about Sochi because there's only been, what, seven races there now? Yeah, I believe it, it was um, first introduced in 2014, wasn't it? That's correct. And you know, only one team has won a race there since its, since its beginning. Well, that's not actually changed, has it, today? So that's a shame. And, well, number of winners, three. Lewis Hamilton's had four of them. Bottas has now had two. And old Rosberg took a victory once. Now, um, we, we did say on the last episode that it's, it doesn't usually produce great racing. But, um, Cal, you're, you're a fan of this track, aren't you? Just, just tell us a bit why. I'm a fan of the trap because I like the way it flows. I like the first corner going into the second corner. It's really high speed. It's really long way. It's, I think it's like 900 meters to the first breaking point. They're at full pelt and there's drivers behind in the slipstream. So there's always chaos. I think there's been four safety cars out of the seven races now. I think you might have to check that one. But they've all been in the first lap. So the first lap is just chaos. All right, going into the race, it can be a little bit boring. But there is plenty of areas for side-by-side -side racing, wheel-to-wheel -wheel action. For example, turn three going into turn four. We've seen some incredible racing over the last few years there. So yeah, I, do, I just really enjoy the way it flows and you know how wide the actual circuit is as well. It really gives a chance for some good wheel-to-wheel -wheel action. Yeah, agreed. And I've got to say, this year did bring a lot more excitement than we've seen in the past. Certainly, that's how I see it. Um, there was a lot of wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing. But let, let's just go back to the beginning um, and, and talk Emma through it, because let's not forget she hasn't seen it. Um, so we did touch on the fact that Lewis Hamilton had a 10-second penalty. Now, that's, I believe, never happened before. So that's two penalties, each for five seconds. What, what's that about? Well, prior to their them driving to the grid, he did two practice starts, both deemed illegal uh, as to where they were performed. And so he got a five second penalty per start, which seems a little harsh, but rules are rules. And I believe the commentator said it was what was a paragraph 19.2, something like that. I know Lewis asked Bono where that was, but... Uh, Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, that 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 whole conversation was was actually quite uh, quintessential, Lewis. You've got a ten second penalty. Why you did this? Where's the say? I can't do that. So I think it's just worth while we're touching on the whole penalty thing after the race. 
Hamilton was asked by Sky Sports F1 um, if the penalty was harsh. And he responded, of course it is, but it's to be expected. They are trying to stop me, aren't they? Oh, you are joking. He said that. He, he continued to say, I need to go back and see what the rules are, see exactly what I did wrong. I'm pretty sure no one's got two five-second penalties for something so ridiculous before. I didn't put anyone in danger. I've done this at a million tracks over the years, and it's never been questioned. So we've got a very unhappy Hamilton there, but there is a little bit of a conspiracy brewing, isn't there? Now, I'm not one of those guys that gets into it, but uh, Johnny, you, you were talking about it a little bit earlier, weren't you? Well, the, the conspiracy that we were kind of chatting about was that one of the race stewards is Mika Salo, who's Finnish, and the 10-second penalty would obviously put Bottas in P1. And also, next race is the German Grand Prix, and would they want Lewis to break Michael Schumacher's record in Germany or out of Germany? So those, those are kind of the points that were brought up. I don't subscribe to that. I think once you're a once you're a, a, a race steward, you are expected to be impartial, and I think they overall are. Yeah, I, I think most people probably agree with you, but we do love a conspiracy theory, don't we? Um, so it was just worth mentioning that that's all brewing on behind the scenes at the moment. So we had a bit of an action-packed start to this race, as we have for the past two as well. Um, Cal, do you want to talk us a little bit through sort of the, the, the opening events of this race? I can, because I took notes, unlike some of the people in this podcast. I see you all. I, I took notes um, from lap eight, okay? I just got a bit excited. Yeah, from lap eight, you know, I was focused. I was laser beamed on this. The race start was actually quite a bit chaotic. Um, we saw two cars actually crash out. One of which I think you're going to be really happy about, but I'm going to save that for a little bit. Um, so... Probably just tell by my face right now, because you can see <laughs> who I praying. think it is. She's but. praying. She's, she's going to have to wait though. I'm not, I'm not giving it to her yet. <laughs> so turn two, there was this orange sort of curb. And if you went over that, the instruction was to go through the bollards and rejoin the track there. Now, I think Verstappen, once they approached that turn, he went straight through. He went straight through the bollards because he felt it was easier than trying to get round and probably cause a crash. Um, signs also went through there but actually on the way out of the bollards, clipped the wall, taking off his front left suspension and wheel. And it was his own fault. He just hit the wall and oh, then came back out no. onto the track with a wheel missing. I've got to say, um, your word choice there of clipped the wall, I don't think it's very fitting. Now, he literally hit the whole wall with his tyre. So he, he he was trying to join back, but he just overcooked it. And he, and he the whole wheel came off. And it was, it was a really quite a big impact. And shocking for sites of you know some someone of his sort of experience to, to do that so no one else was involved in that that was signs purely on his own bending it yeah yeah and i mean on the way up to that you know there was a couple of close sort of bit of close driving going into that turn but once it had happened that it was purely signs fault no one else was to blame also on the first lap now i can't remember which turn this was but lance stroll I believe there it is. You said it <laughs> was shunted by Charles Leclerc. Oh. Now it wasn't Charles' fault, but he was out 
about a okay. third of the way around the first lap. But the, the, so that the, obviously the brought bit, out the safety car. The best bit about Lance Stroll's incident was what I found with the commentary. Now, um, they didn't actually show the, the replay of what had happened. Um, you just saw it sort of happening in the background. And the commentators instantly, without doubt, said, oh, Stroll's just gone too far over the curb and he's put it in the wall. Oh, you know, driver error, driver that's, error. Oh, and that's a mistake by Lance Stroll. He got onto the curb and Stroll is out of the race and into the barriers. Well, that's because he's got previous. He's got plenty of previous to assume that it was him. And what was it? Two laps later, Crofty or, or Karun went. Yeah, oh, he, he has taken a whack, hasn't he? So it's hard to tell, obviously, from that angle who it was. Now, maybe it's Charles Leclerc, I believe. <laughs> yeah, they didn't realise for ages. So, yeah, that obviously brought out the safety car. There was a bit of a mess, actually. I think we, we were in we were in the safety car up until, was it lap seven? It resumed. Um, but yeah. during the safety car, I know that Russell, Norris and Albon all pitted for the hards. So they were actually tail of the field once it resumed. Um, and then going from there, um, Lewis had already found out at this point about his time penalty that he had to take. He was still on the softs. Um, so he obviously tried to create quite a gap for when he eventually pitted. Wasn't really the case. Um, I think I think yeah, what was what was quite impressive was you know we're we're at lap eight nine by this point you've got Albon running in last um, and but Verstappen was keeping pace with the Mercedes wasn't he at this point and just a, a, a short brief moment of the feeling of success both Haas drivers were in the top ten we genuinely couldn't believe our well sorry Johnny was uh, he was ecstatic you know we, we have our little race a race group where we, we talk about what's going on I've never seen Johnny typing so fast in my life it was I, I was genuinely happy for Johnny at this point I thought oh finally the man's got some luck but um, I almost jumped off my phone and onto my computer so I could type faster because I wanted to make sure I had it all in there before they both crashed out would you know something I'm actually quite impressed with Haas um, this season because they have had their moments of brilliance when they have actually stayed out of trouble and they've been able to get the cars into the top 10. I mean, albeit it hasn't lasted very long and they do eventually kind of go back down the order again. Um, but I've been quite impressed with that. You know, you see Grosjean and Magnussen up in the top 10 running for about, you know, 10, 15 laps. And then when the next set of pit stops set in, they, they start to fall back down the order. But yeah, that's that's been the case of a few races this year. I've been quite impressed with that. Well, just to burst that bubble a little bit. Oh, God. It resumed on lap seven. And then by lap eight, Grosjean was out of the top 10. Oh, so. God. More to follow on what happened to Haas. But, oh, um, dear. <laughs> I was trying to say that with but, a straight but, face, but, but it, it, Emma, it was a nice five minutes. Nice five fun. minutes, Barry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a comeback, wasn't there? But anyway, we'll get to it. Um, I think what, what what I found really entertaining at the first sort of um, first part of this race was Norris, Albon, and Russell scrapping it out. The young guys, wheel to wheel. I think there were three wide at one point. Now that was that was quality racing, wasn't it? Oh, it, it was. It was amazing. They were really all showing off just how talented each of them is. You know, bearing in mind, it's three completely different cars as well. You know, you'd argue the Red Bull's the top of the field, McLaren middle of the field, the Williams at the bottom. And they were all really competing with each other quite well. Um, and I think it was up until um, George Russell ended up the flat spot, didn't he? And that sort of ruined his race. From there, he just couldn't gain anything from it. 
and that put him out of that scrap. It was it was it was sort of a, a, a throwback to the esports, um, to the esports uh, kind of months we had during the pandemic, where where those three would battle it out on on PlayStation and, and virtually, and uh, it, it it was nice to see them, and it was nice to see how even it was despite Albon theoretically having the better car uh george was was holding his own and that that was that was amazing to see it, it certainly was and, and i think we'll get on to driver of the day later but you know all, all three of them they they showed real racecraft respect for each other and you know it, it was neck and neck and we need a lot more of this lap 14 um you've got hamilton still leading bottas behind him 1.5 seconds so keep keeping up You've got Verstappen three seconds behind, and then there's a bit of a fight brewing behind them. Yeah, so with that fight, Perez is actually gaining on Ricardo um, quite rapidly at this point. He's really, really closing in on him. And also, we've not mentioned this, actually, Ocon is at this point in fourth. Ocon had gone up the field. Ocon had somehow managed to get himself up into fourth. So with Hamilton... Bottas, Verstappen, Ocon in fourth. Yeah. Then we have Perez in fifth. No, Ricardo in fifth. Ricardo in fifth. And Perez in sixth. And then Perez. So the Renaults actually managed to get a really good start, and I take it they benefited through the safety car period as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, they did really well off the start. Ricardo was actually, uh, again, I failed to mention this, first lap, he was actually nearly going past Verstappen. You know, he had oh, a really good start. I cannot wait to um, watch that. Yeah, um, but also on lap 14, um, Lewis set the fastest lap and he was having a bit of an argument with his team over the radio because they were saying, right, come into pit. And he was saying, do not stop me. That is literally all he said. He said, do not stop me. And he carried on. They were there ready with the tyres. He carried on. What was what was interesting about that was the, the graphics that Formula One was showing were showing Hamilton's tyres at, I think, 20%, 10%. Um, left left with them so Hamilton's tyres are dead I don't th- he, he didn't radio win which he normally does but it, as far as we knew his tyres were dead then he sets a fastest lap and basically goes hammer time um, like you said Cal before he pitted yes yeah, so he came into pit on lap 16 and obviously it felt like an absolute age because he sat there for 10 seconds Ollie, I know, was just sort of crawling up his own arse because it was just horrible to watch for him. Were you crying, Ollie? Were you actually crying? No, I, I had to look <laughs> away. It was a bit of an awkward moment. I felt really, really awkward. But Hamilton found the time during those 10 seconds to radio in and go along the lines of, don't quote me, this is ridiculous, guys. Something like that. Um, I actually wrote down the quote. Ah, see, this is why we're such a good team. What did he say? <laughs> he said, this is just ridiculous, man. I was close. Got to give it to you me. Were, I was yeah, close. I'll give you that. You were close. Then we had a really good scrap, like, like we were moving on to, uh, Perez versus Ricardo. Now, this was uh, uh, the second big scrap of the race, I'd say. And again, there was really, really good racecraft. He's going to have to go the long way around the outside at turn two. Ricardo positions his Renault very nicely indeed and doesn't go deep enough to allow Perez to make the old switcheroo. But Perez now fighting him on the inside through turn three. Has he gone ahead by the time they put the brakes on in a turn four? The answer is a resounding yes. Perez really showed his experience because he ended up getting past Daniel Ricciardo, I believe, in turn three. Correct. So it was that long, the long right hand, uh, left-hander, sorry. Um, yeah, the long left-hander where you're flat out. He uh, forced Ricardo onto the dirty side of the track. 
and then just took it from him. It was a really good move. Really, you know, he just showed his class. He, he did, and um, against Ricardo, that that's something. And it was all legal. Quite surprised at Perez as well because um, Racing Point have given Stroll the upgrades this weekend, if I'm right, and they didn't give it to Perez. But Perez, from what I'm hearing, has been has been fighting for a podium place. And and this is really interesting, you know. In in the news, there, there was a there's been loads about Perez and, and Stroll recently, obviously. But after Stroll's crash well, last time round, they put all of the new parts, all of the upgrades, onto Stroll's car, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. And then Perez yeah. goes and pull, pulls out a stonker of a performance. Yeah, so that's not actually unusual, is it, for Perez to actually perform to that standard? We know he's capable of that. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see what Stroll could do, but obviously, lap one, he got into a bit of trouble. But back to where we were in the race. Ricardo then pits onto the mediums. So does George Russell, because like I said before, he flat-spotted his hards. So Russell had to come back in. Russell came back out in 18th, so he was dead last because we've lost two cars. Ricardo comes back out because he pits as well onto the mediums. He's back out in 14th. And Lewis also pits, take his 10-second penalty, but he manages to come back out in 11th because obviously he was in first and he built up some sort of gap. Um, Bottas stayed out and he just kept on relentlessly setting fastest laps. So when when Lewis came out after his 10-second penalty, we imagine he's pretty pretty hyped up after that, pretty angry about the whole thing. Um, He came out ahead of Ricardo, but behind Vettel. And I thought, oh, yes, this is going to be good fun. Um, uh, Obviously putting on hards to go all all the way. Um, There wasn't much of a scrap with Vettel, really. I don't know why I was getting excited about it. It was... um, I wouldn't have got excited about it because, you know, I think with Vettel's state of mind at the moment and seeing Hamilton in his mirrors, I'd imagine he'd just sort of let him sail past. He did, he did. But you, you, one can hope for a little bit of excitement, can't yeah. we? It, it was, it was uh, I understand you all. You were, you were thinking back to when Ferrari actually could go past 60 miles an hour and then it would have been <laughs> an interesting race. It really would have been because Fettel, I'm betting, yes, he probably got out of the way, but then his racer gene kicked in and there's no way he's just going to let Lewis just hand him that spot unless he has to. Um, but it wasn't the scrap that it could have been. And that's, that's, that's a little disappointing and sad. Let's fast forward a bit. I, I'm, I'm looking at um, sort of what happened to Ricardo really, because he, he was having a good race and then he made an, an error rejoining the track. Now this is where obviously Sites had his, had his crash and, um, and he was given a five-second penalty for that, wasn't he? But it was um, the, the strange thing about this was it occurred whilst the team was switching the drivers round. Uh, it was team instruction for um, the two drivers to switch round, and it didn't quite go to plan, did it? It was a bit of a shambles, really. Yeah, it, it seemed like Ocon was notified too late. They were already uh, getting ready to break for um, was it turn two? I guess it was. And so he wasn't able to to move over quick enough, and uh, Danny was already building up speed to overtake him. So he overshot his apex, went off the orange uh, sausages, I believe they call them, and had to um, then technically had to go through the bollards and did not. So why did Renault instruct them both to switch places? Because you don't normally hear that from from the Renault team you don't normally hear team orders like that um so why did they instruct them to swap places 
at the time, they, they believed that Ricardo had the better pace to go after Vettel, who was in front. But obviously, that completely backfired on them. Emma, would you like to guess what Daniel Ricardo's response was when his engineer came on the radio and said, we have a five-second penalty? Well, it certainly wouldn't be the same as Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> I would imagine, I don't imagine Danny Rick coming on the radio and going, for what? Um, <laughs> I would imagine, being a big fan of Danny Rick, I would imagine he would have known exactly why he got a penalty and would have just been quite cool with it. And that's exactly what happened. He just went, oh, okay, yeah. okay. That's why I'll I love him. Faster. That's why I love him. <laughs> but, the, but but the last bit was the best. I'll just drive faster. Perfectly Danny Ricciardo. I, I yeah. love that comment. Polar opposite to Lewis Hamilton. So by, by lap 32, um, Kimi was in P9. <laughs> I think we were all a bit excited about Kimi that. Kimi was in P9. Oh, wow. I think, <laughs> I think there was a comment, look at the old man. Um, it, oh, was, okay. <laughs> it was... Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, he didn't finish in ninth, but um, yeah, it was it was good to see. So yeah, around this time, you've now got um, Bottas uh, 22 seconds ahead of Hamilton. Obviously, Hamilton in first. Uh, sorry, Bottas in first. Um, Verstappen's still in second, um, plus 12 seconds, and then Hamilton in third. Now, it is really worth noting here that obviously you've got Hamilton chasing Verstappen. Um, Lewis pitted for his tyres on lap 19, and Max pitted on 26, so he had a lot fresher tyres. Just one quick thing. You mentioned that Hamilton's up to third. It's worth noting that he didn't actually overtake anybody to get to third. Everyone he literally pitted. just got to third from pit stops. Sorry, he overtook Vettel, but I, that was it. He didn't overtake anybody okay. else. I believe it was just all pit stops letting him go back up the field. He didn't really ever close the gap to Verstappen or Bottas. He was pretty mediocre to be honest, for the rest of the race. I think he'd lost his head. He spat his dummy out. I think, I think I'm pretty caught up so far. So at the moment, we have signs out, stroll out. Bottas is leading, Verstappen in second, Hamilton in third. Correct. Um, so Verstappen in second, right? But his teammates in P14. What is going on at Red Bull? Someone explain it to me. Give me, give me your thoughts here. I, I just think it's it's a difference in the talent of the driver. Obviously, Alex Albon is a great race driver. Max is just on another planet, in my opinion. Uh, he's been there longer. The team knows him. The car gets suited to Max in this case. Um, Albon got caught out. I think he pitted. Did he had he pitted twice by now, or was that later? He pitted way more than Max did anyway throughout the race. Um, in my opinion, Max is, is just a better race driver than Alex Albon. Granted, I don't know Albon that well, but Max is a wonderful driver. I, I completely agree with that, Johnny. I think um, Max Verstappen is an incredible driver. And if you put him against Albon, I think he's miles ahead in terms of performance. I think Albon has a few confidence issues, which um, will take time for him to build confidence and he's had so much bad luck that it knocks the confidence back um, again and again. And I think he struggles to get that confidence back up um, because I think when he had his podium, um, he, he literally, I think what he, he didn't really celebrate much afterwards. I think he, he literally just went away and chilled out for a little bit and it just kind of shows that he's still not really, I think the confidence just really isn't there with him um but i don't think he's as strong as verstappen in that car at all 
How long are Red Bull going to wait? You know, you, you've said he's, he, he's being outperformed. Um, you also said, he, 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 you know, he's had a bit of bad luck. These are the things we're saying about Gasly, right? That Red Bull obviously made that change. How much longer are they going to give Albon to really pull it out the bag? And also, is Albon getting a bit of a hard time? Because it, it is little, it, it is known that obviously Verstappen's getting the, getting the newer parts um, and, and the team are focusing on him. So what are Red Bull going to do about this? I think there's a bit of a revolving door policy at Red Bull. Um, you've had Kvyat, Gasly, Albon all coming through the ranks and all being demoted back to um, Alpha Tauri and then promoted back up again. So it, it, is, it is a bit of a revolving door policy. And I think the problem lies with the lack of young drivers that they have coming through the ranks you know a lack of a Red Bull young team um, so to speak they've all tried and tested Kvyat, Gasly and Albon I always think it'd be quite interesting just to see what what would happen if you had Gasly and Albon as teammates in those Red Bull cars um, and take Verstappen out of the equation but I think the problem the root of the problem um lies with um, the lack of young drivers because the car the car is competitive. I think it's also ha to do with the level that Max Verstappen is on. He's just he's just out of this world and no driver coming up through the ranks that don't have experience are going to be able to compete with him. Agreed, agreed. Um you know, it's going to be interesting to see what Red Bull do. Do do we know how long Albon's in contract or, or does that even matter? I don't think it matters at Red Bull. No, <laughs> I think um, I think I think they get the drivers to sign a contract, and then they're just like, yeah, you know, we'll we'll just kind of do what we want with it. Um, so yeah, I don't really think it matters. I think they're they're keeping a, a really close eye on Albon. Um, you know, I think they're also keeping a close eye on Gasly. I don't think they would bring Gasly back right now. Um, and it just to me, it just kind of seems that they've maybe forgotten about Kvyat as well. I think they've just forgotten that he's actually there. To, to be fair, I, I, I almost had actually. So that is interesting you say that. I mean, um, <laughs> we, we did we did talk on the last podcast just saying that um, uh, obviously Gasly says he doesn't want to go back to Red Bull, but whether that in reality was what he would do, we don't know. But let's let's wait and see what happens. One thing I made a note here is that Giovinazzi got mentioned twice in 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 the race, and he he's just someone who doesn't really get involved or get talked about or, or really do much, does he? He's, he's a bland driver. He did have some good actions today, so that would explain the two mentions. But yeah, he's just in a bland car and a bland driver. Lap 42 provided Callum with an opportunity to make a meme today. Um, Mr. Grosjean, what did he do? Right through those bollards we've been talking about all the time. Literally. I think... To be fair, I think he'd gone over the curb and he was halfway back onto the track before he thought, shit, I need to go through the bollards. But then he literally went through the bollards and there was polystyrene everywhere. In classic Grosjean fashion, it was like Vettel at Monza. It Do you was think he maybe thought, oh, I haven't actually crashed into anything today. Better maybe think about doing that around lap 42. Well, <laughs> that, that was the race chat comment <laughs> it was literally what you just said emma <laughs> it, it, it was actually quite funny oh oh i've done this oh no i haven't i haven't oh bang straight through the front of it it was it was brilliant so expect a meme of that um thank you grosjean the grosjean incident actually brought out a virtual safety car probably the shortest in history while the the stewards ran on and 
whacked on a new bit of polystyrene. I don't even think it went on for one whole lap, did it? No, it was very quick. And what, what amazed me is that they had all of these replacement polystyrene things ready to go. It was quick, whack one out, whack one in. They just knew Grosjean was going to do it, so they, they'd obviously yeah. practiced. Yeah. And a couple of people pitted during that virtual safety car, so they obviously thought it would last longer than it, than it did. So we had a couple of guys come in and change their tires. Which one of them was Gasly. So that obviously led to the battle that you were about to start talking about, Ollie, between uh, Norris, Albon and Gasly. Correct. And, you know, we, we spoke at the beginning just about Hass's race. Obviously, Grosjean going cross-country, um, it did a bit of damage to his wing, so he went to the pits and he was... Johnny, where, where did he come out? Plum last. So poor Hass from both cars in the points to plum last because Grosjean fancied a fight with some polystyrene. But who wants to talk about this fight between, um, between well, with Norris at the front of it? Norris, bear in mind, pitted during the safety car at the start of the race. And he went on the hard tyres. We're now currently on like lap 44, 45. So he's been on the hards ever since then. He is trying to defend against Alex Albon, who has pitted twice, and Pierre Gasly, who's just come out of the pits. He does it amazingly well. I can't even describe to you how well this guy defended. I'm pretty sure one of the things that came up in the chat was, oh my God, Lando is my hero. I think that was from Ollie. <laughs> it was from me because this was this fight actually mattered. This was Norris in ninth, Gasly in tenth, and Albon in eleven. Now Albon's got to prove himself. Gasly, he's the man that everyone's been talking about, and everyone loves Norris, right? So this this was just set to be a good fight. Now, Callum, as you said, Lando was on the world's oldest tyres. He was he, he he did not have pace. Let's be honest. If if we're just going to say it, he had no pace. Albon was literally going every single corner. He was trying to make a move. Eventually, they came round to the pitch straight and Albon lost a little bit of momentum. So Norris was still in front of Albon. Albon lost momentum, meaning Gasly went past Albon. Norris still managed to defend. And then the next lap, it was Gasly's turn. But eventually, he uh, Gasly eventually gets past Norris. Um, and then very shortly after that, Albon also passes Norris because at this point, Lando's tyres have just been shot he's skidding all over the place and he literally dips into the pits at the end of that lap the entertainment of that was it it was just brilliant it what was so good was that Gasly overtook Albon and you know we're talking about Red Bull and all their drivers and it it was just it was it was pure brilliance that was definitely my favorite fight of the day um you know there there were a good few of them but that that was that was class driving from Norris if only he had better tires you know he would have taken it to to them a bit harder but um no no certainly 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 a good one and this is lap 48 now we're on lap 49 where Max started picking up the pace a bit um he actually got the fastest lap he was really wringing the neck of that Red Bull he he was trying to catch Bottas he got to 5.7 seconds behind Bottas and that was on lap 50. Oh, that's close. Speaking of quickest laps, Roman Grosjean held the quickest lap for quite a few laps. Now, granted, this, was during, the, <laughs> this was during the safety car. So, you know. <laughs> during the safety, you're not supposed to do it during the safety car. <laughs> well, he's Roman Grosjean. He doesn't. <laughs> There's a whole Roman Grosjean rule book here that we're starting to write, aren't we? <laughs> so, 
Unfortunately, you know, we didn't have enough laps for Verstappen to get anywhere near Bottas. Um, Lewis, safe to say, he'd just given up at this time. I think Verstappen could have been a little bit closer had he got past those four cars of traffic on the pit straight. If he'd have got past those when he needed to, because this was like lap 50, he was trying to get past them. If he managed it then, he had a couple of laps of fresh air to try and catch Bottas. And I think he'd have been a lot closer if that had happened, but it didn't. I saw a bit of maturity from Max today. So um, the, the, the pit wall were calling in and they were saying, Bottas is this, this far ahead, etc., giving him updates. And Max just said, listen, I'm running my own race. And I think that's the second time he's done it now, where he knows realistically Bottas is probably just cruising out front. You know, he's managing the pace, but Max, he knows where he's at now, doesn't he? Yeah, 100%. He, 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 he's grown into the role, hasn't he, of the senior driver. He's definitely done that. And I think at the end of the race, you know, Christian came over the radio and said, yeah, really well done, mate. You did everything you could today. And he said, yeah, I'm really happy. I've split the two cars again. And that is clearly their aim, isn't it? Not necessarily to win the race because they know they haven't got the pace. That's an interesting uh, comment, though, from a purebred racer that, you know, sort of happy with second uh, and I split them up. That that's that's interesting coming from Max. I I uh, I would expect him to be fuming about actually not winning. It, it definitely is. I mean, I think if um, if Verstappen had got much much closer to Bottas towards the end of the race, he would have pushed like hell. And to be honest, Bottas is way too nice. Um, Verstappen, as we've talked about, can be aggressive when he really needs to be. Um, so yeah, I, I have this feeling from what from what you've been telling me. I think if if Verstappen had got close enough to Bottas, I think he he could have essentially pulled off a win. So you know, we know the top three. Perez finished in fourth. I think that's a cracking result with um, Ricardo behind him fifth. We haven't really touched on Leclerc, but he finished in sixth, and I thought it was a good performance from him today. Um, it was apart from obviously knocking Stroll off. Emma might agree that that was a good performance, but um, hero, I think hero of the day. <laughs> Ferrari did say they had some minor upgrades, but I thought it was still a, a pretty. It was just a solid drive. Um, seventh saw Ocon with Kvyat behind an eighth. I thought that was also a good performance. Um, Gasly finished P9 with Albon behind him in P10. So, um, is it, you know, an interesting uh, top 10 there. So I'm, I'm yeah. sure that would make the, um, the driver standings a lot closer just from that looking at that top 10 there. Because if Stroll didn't get any points today, um, then surely that puts him a lot closer to Perez. Well, per- it puts Perez a lot closer to Stroll because Perez was behind Stroll in this driver's standing. So I would you imagine are, that's brought them a hell of a lot closer. You are, you, Emma, you, you are brilliant. There is one, <laughs> one point behind them, but Leclerc oh, is... just one! Leclerc oh. is now tied with Lance Stroll on 57, Perez in, on, with 56. Oh, that is, oh my goodness. That's really, really tight in the midfield. So where did, where did Daniel Ricciardo finish again? Ricardo finished in fifth. In fifth. Um, okay, so Paris finished, Paris finished fourth. I'm just trying to work this out. I've got my notes in front of me in terms of constructors um, and drivers' standings. Um, we know Lewis, yeah. Lewis in first, Bottas second, Verstappen still in third. Uh, Norris in fourth, no change there. We've got Albon in fifth, 
Um, one point behind is Daniel Ricciardo. Um, oh my Leclerc is uh, 57 points with Stroll tied on 57. Perez one point behind in ninth, and then Pierre Gasly in tenth. So it's a it's it's a it's a cracking championship if you look behind the what the top three. Yeah, that's really really close. Wow, that's going to be really exciting going into the next race. So we're going to go around the table and just say who we thought was our driver of the day. Johnny, who did it for you today? For me today, I would say Danny Rick is my driver of the day. I thought he did brilliant. I love his attitude when facing adversity. Um, so for me, that's, that's, that's the vote today. Fantastic. Cal, who, 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 was, uh, who was your star? Um, it's a tough decision for me. It's a toss-up between Verstappen and Perez. Verstappen. I'll go Verstappen. Okay. Um, I, I've got to give it to, I've got to give it to Kvyat. Uh, I really do. I think he put in a solid performance today. Um, and it's, it's an unpopular opinion according to Cal's face there. But um, we, 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 we ran this, um, we ran the poll in our Facebook group as well. And um, our fans voted Ricardo as driver of the day. So um, Emma, I know you'll be pleased with that. Oh, I certainly will. We love you nerds. We love you. <laughs> So I hope you've all enjoyed our roundup of the Russian Grand Prix. Um, there is no race next week, so we'll be back just talking F1 without a race review. Um, if there's anything you want to discuss, let us know. Go to the Facebook page. You already know what it is. Formula Nerds. Um, send us a message. Get in contact. Uh, rate the podcast. Let us know what you think, guys. Um, it's, it's a pleasure to be talking to you. From myself, Ollie. thank you for listening. Uh, me, Callum, thank you very much for listening. Make sure you listen again. And from me, Johnny, thank you so much. We'll see you next week for some chitter-chatter about a non-race week. Thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. See you next week. The only man to be on the podium in the last three Russian Grand Prix is on the podium this afternoon. And it's the top step of the podium as Valtteri Bottas wins the Russian Grand Prix. Podcast Network.